3, 2, 1. Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia. This is the Faith FM Network, positively different radio in the morning. And you are with Lyle and... Mon, good morning, Lyle. You do not look that great this morning, Lyle, but how are you anyway? <laughs> I am, uh, yeah, a little <laughs> off colour today. <laughs> oh, you poor thing. I think Man you, flu. I think you had what I had yesterday. Yep, I'm going to go and try and... Get Solve rid of it. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You got what some you, ideas for me? I do actually. And my gratitude story yesterday is about what happened yesterday, how I got rid of it. Because I came in yesterday feeling pretty poor and uh, I went home after work and uh, I did a workout. I had a hot shower and I actually went to bed and slept like a log until about three or four o'clock in the afternoon and then just woke up and potted around and then went back to bed and slept all the night through. And I woke up this morning feeling amazing. You were bright and chipper this morning. What's going on? I know, I know. I was as sick as you were yesterday, but today I feel great. So I really think, I'm really grateful for sleep. It's healing properties. And I think that you probably need to go home and sleep right now. <laughs> well, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have come in today, except that I'm thinking, well, Mon's already had this, uh, can't do much harm now. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully it'll be <laughs> like a, a one day thing like it was for me. Yep. So yeah, hot shower, straight to bed. Maybe sounds some, sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. Yoga. No, I'm kidding about that. <laughs> no yoga. Feet. Okay, so that's your that's your uh, yeah yeah yoga. Oh, I'm just imagining Lyle trying to do yoga. <laughs> oh, what a laugh. I'm actually really good at yoga. Yeah, right. No, I am. How are you serious? I am dead serious. How would you even know? I am. I am. I am master level when it comes to yoga. Please explain. I tried it on the Wii once, and it says you're master level. <laughs> <laughs> uh, seriously, I smashed everyone in the room. Yeah, right. I did. I, I feel like we yoga is going to be like fake yoga I, for sure. I did that thing where you stand on one foot and put the other foot up near your knee and <laughs> put your two hands over the top of your head. <laughs> And I was way more balanced than anybody else. Oh, so I'm okay. just a balanced individual. Yeah, you're righto, righto, Lyle. It said I was master level. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to have to see that to believe that. Anyway, coming up today, we have a great show for you. Um, but oh, hang on, Lyle, what are you grateful for? I'm grateful. Okay, so today, I know this is a really cliche one, but I'm going to say it anyway. I'm super grateful for my wife. She's just amazing. Oh, really? What she has she gone and done now? Just all kinds of stuff. She's just the most amazing person ever. Just, just, so I'm just general gratitude. Put it out there and general gratitude and. Uh, yeah. What are you and grateful for? Give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. Or you can text your gratitude to us, 0491-064-669. Coming up on today's show, we have an interview with Voice of the Martyrs. But remember, this is the delayed broadcast that you're listening to. So if it is not, well, it is not the 25th of July, Wednesday, uh, but if you'd like to listen to the live show, you know how to get in contact with us and listen to that. That's faithfm.com.au or via the TuneIn app on your mobile device. We have Anna with us right now and she's playing at the cross. And I my Saviour bleed Did my sovereign die Would he devote that sacred head Someone such as I at the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light The burden of my heart rolled away And it was there by faith I received my sight And now I am happy all the day Was it for Christ that I have done? He Great 
You're listening to Anna Weather Up with At The Cross here on Faith FM. And as we get started with the breakfast show, what's our quiz clue for the day, Mon? Yes, we have a What City Am I quiz. I love the What Cities Am I. Um, how many cities do you reckon that there are in the Bible? I really have no idea. No. Do you know? No, I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were about to inform us with some great breakfast trivia right there, but um, apparently not. But you know what? If you, you call, know the answer, call it through. Yeah, call us up. We'll give you a prize if you know how many cities there are in the Bible. That'd be that'd be a great piece of trivia. I'm sure there's going to be heaps of them. Anyway, okay, so what city am I? And the first clue, it was in this city that David ate consecrated bread. So if you know what city that is, give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM is the number. Or you can text us 0491-064-669. And if you know the answer, we will, of course, send you the prize today. Hmm, the city that David had consecrated bed. I don't think I know it. Okay. <clears throat> well. Do you know it? We will have to uh, wait and see. Do you know it? We'll have to wait and see. What do you mean to wait and see? I mean, I can look at it. I've looked at the answer down now. I don't know what it is, but oh, do you okay. know it? Not yet. Ah, give us a call quick if you can get it before Lyle gets it. I'll give you double prizes. It's one of those double prize mornings. <laughs> you better not be Googling it right now, Lyle. No, no. I was just Googling how many cities there are in the Bible. That's why I didn't even hear the quiz clue. So that's why I don't know the answer. <laughs> it's the that city that David ate a, consecrated um, bread in. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I know where that is. Okay, yeah, yep, darn it, yeah. Does it tell you how many city, cities there are? City of priests. Uh, not yet, not yet. Working on it. We'll see. Okay, well, let me tell you some really great news stories. In fact, I have a lot of fluffy news stories. Um, this first one is absolutely hilarious. So, the police uh, department um, in Cape May, in New Jersey, found a pug that had gone on a runabout. And uh, they got this pug. They found this pug. And uh, they took pug shots of it. You know how they do mug shots of criminals? So they collected this, this lost dog, <coughs> took it back to their police station and started taking pictures of it. They put it up against the uh, yeah. mug shot wall and yeah, all that with kind the of little, thing. Yeah, with the little card underneath it. And... Uh, and um, you see here with their police station details <laughs> <laughs> holding up this pug. That's and, a pug shot. And uh, yeah, they took a pug shot and they put it up on their social if media. If you have a pug, send, take a pug shot and send it through to oh, us. Oh, yes, we'll please do. we'll post it on our Facebook page. Of course, um, they um, they they went. They put, sorry. They put it up on their social media. It ended up going viral, of course. And um, apparently her short little legs couldn't even make it into the, into the car or onto the bench. They had to continuously lift her up. So she's actually hanging when they have this pug shot of her. They have her holding up and her little legs are hanging down. And um, their hopes was that the owner would see it and come bail out the pug, so to speak. And uh, and the, on the on the uh, post they wrote, "This is what happens when you run away from home." This guy was captured sneaking through yards um, on the 130 block on New Jersey Avenue, and uh, <laughs> it's such a good picture. And of course, everyone sent it around. They did eventually find the owner after it had been shared about ten thousand times. It finally caught the owner. And the dog's called Bean. Bean the pug. Okay, it um, looks like a bean. Yeah, Hadley, Hadley Hubbard was the owner. And uh, and as a means of repaying the officers for uh, taking care of the furry felon, uh, Bean's owners reportedly paid her bail in cookies. <laughs> <laughs> but while she was in custody, the police took the opportunity to do a bit of a photo shoot with her around the police station. Oh, no. So this is Bean in prison. Yes, behind bars. <laughs> 
<laughs> she doesn't look too sad about it. She's got a little tongue out. She looks pretty happy. Yep. But of it's course, like, that's a rather happy pug. It's so happy to be in prison. This is this is the um this is a police officer with the uh with the bag of cookies saying goodbye to pug. <laughs> <laughs> that's an awesome. I'll pug. be putting up these. Yeah, you know, pugs are a very unnatural creature. Did you know that pugs? Mm. Um, cannot survive birth without human inter- intervention. Are you serious? Yeah. Do they have to depend on humans? They have to depend on humans. What? what hang on, what, how? Because their noses are so blunt that they can't get through the, um, you know, the stuff that would um, oh, surround like the- them, would sac- that would suffocate them. Oh, really? Yeah, is, and you have to have a human there present at the birth of the pug to be able to help it break free. Oh, my. My word. So, we've literally bred them into... Yeah, yeah we've, we've created a, a type of dog that cannot survive if humans... Without us. If, if humans vanish off the planet, pugs will vanish as well. Oh, wow. I don't know if that's good news or bad news, Lyle. <laughs> like, I've, got, yeah. I've got one more piece of fluff and then I have a, a controversial piece, all right? Oh, cool. Bring the controversial one on. Okay. No, no, no. One piece of fluff first. Right. So, we've done, a, we've done a dog now. Now, we yep. have to do a cat. So, this is... I'm going to put this video up. This video is absolutely... Insane! It's called. A, it's a cat called Leapfrog. They called it Leapfrog because it's a leaping cat, and for some reason, she's really frightened of this one spot on the kitchen floor. She hates it so much; she refuses to walk over it. She'll jump over it every single time. So her owner decided to have some fun with this and see how far it would go to avoid stepping on this spot. So the owners started putting um, like little blockades and all kinds of stuff on top of this spot. The cat, doesn't matter what it is, will leap over. So she's put her, oh, she's that's put amazing. Her, she put herself on the floor. She puts chairs, all these dishes on the floor. She puts pots and pans on the floor. It's just the weirdest thing. This doesn't matter what she puts on this spot. The cat just jumps over. Isn't it just the craziest thing? That is so, that is so cool. I don't, I don't understand why... Like, what did something happen to the kitten when it was? Look at that clearing a whole chair covered in crockery and cutlery, stacks of books. <laughs> it's, just, it's just insane. She anyway. told the story. She just said, "Hey, I've trained my cat to to, to jump." Yeah, yeah. So oh. jumped over a human. Incredible. Jumped over <laughs> a lunch. Okay, so that's that's since I would love to know if someone knew why cats have that sort of avoidance because we often see like sometimes you know dogs and cats they avoid like a certain spot or or you know a door or something this cucumbers yeah, cu- <laughs> yeah why cucumbers <laughs> okay I have uh, something coming out of um, so much fun in an amazing world that God has created for us amen so there's this house Lyle that mm-hmm. a couple bought a family bought and this is the before picture so as you can see it's a very run down horrible looking house Cracked paint um, looks like it's, it actually looks like it's kind of abandoned, and um, they decided to paint their house because obviously it needed a good lick of paint. But they they painted it after uh, Vincent Van Gogh's Starry Starry Night. Are you familiar with that painting? Uh, no, never was a really what wasn't yeah okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah no yeah. I've, I've seen that probably one of the most never famous. been a um, never been a big um, Van Gogh fan to be honest. Yeah, it's probably one of the most famous paintings ever, and uh, I've actually baked a cake with it painting on top but um which you ate yeah i was just rem- that's that's uh-huh. that's why i remember the painting <laughs> now i've got to try and remember why was it you baked a cake with that on top of it It was a farewell for a colleague and that was his favorite painting okay yeah yeah there you go all right anyway uh-huh. so they they painted their entire house this is a double by the way st- I, I i don't get it to get what the Starry, starry night. It's just like blue and stars. and like You better watch out. People are going to call it. I'm so It's dumb. a beautiful place. Anyway, anyway, irrespective of Lyle's um, 
Lack of culture. Lack of culture. So it's a big house. It is two stories and it's quite like a wide house. It also has a fence, uh, a concrete fence that goes all the way around. And they've painted basically every viewable inch of both fence and house with this Starry Starry Night motif. And um, this is in Florida. And uh, the local government lost their minds. And so they said this was considered graffiti as opposed to being a mural and uh, it was too distracting for passing drivers and they started dealing the family a hundred dollar fine per day until they took oh, it down. Oh, you've got to be joking. A hundred dollars per day until they took it down, right? No, you can't be serious. Yes, yeah, so the couple foot... Okay, so I don't get the painting but it's not offensive. Good yeah, grief. Yeah, it's clearly art. Like, I mean, I'm a bit on the fence about graffiti because I'm not a huge graffiti fan either. Yeah, well, some graffiti looks really nice. Some's and some of it, cool. Some of it's very cool and some of it's just like... Okay, Lame. You guys need and to offensive, get yeah. yeah. And uh, so the couple fought back. They refused to pay the fines. They filed a lawsuit against the city, claiming that there were fines uh, were a violation of their freedom of expression. And uh, and also the, one of the reasons they did it was their son um, has autism, and uh, and so they this made their house like a landmark for their son, so he could find their way back if he ever got lost. Because he was he's twenty five years old. This son, so he's not mm-hmm. like a little kid who's constantly under the parents' care. Like he, he has to yeah, be yeah. independent to some degree, but he, he gets lost easily. So this is a way of helping him find home. Now, um, they they took it to the federal courts, and the federal judge did rule that the couple can keep the mural, and uh, and they actually made the mayor issue a formal apology, and the couple was paid uh, $15,000 to cover their legal fees, and the $10,000 in unpaid fines that by this time they had racked up um, were wavered, so they didn't have to pay them, obviously, and uh, and they're rewriting their city ordinance codes to accommodate such freedoms, and... I'm I'm looking at this house. I don't mind this. If I saw this, I would be I'd be really happy to yeah, see. Yeah, I'd be this like, oh wow, well, that's kind of cool, you know. I've seen some houses that look horrible, but what, <laughs> what the owners have done to it. But I like this. Yeah, no, that's not offensive. I'm going to put this Even. up on, on on our on our social media, and you can weigh in on what I, you I think might, about this. I might not this. get any of uh, any of Van Gogh's paintings, but it's not offensive. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to know what our listeners think. I want to put this up on our socials straight away. Jump on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and tell me if you think this house was a little bit too much.
You were listening to Anders Svensson here uh, with I Met the Saviour on Faith FM. And do we have another clue for our quiz there, Mon? Yes, indeed. What city am I? Clue number two. While being pursued by Saul, David stopped here and got Goliath's old sword. Mm-hmm. Mm. There you go. <coughs> if you know what that is, give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843 or text us 0491-064-669. Okay, so Mon, here's some headlines for you. And I did a bit of an interesting experiment this morning. I just went through headlines the last 24 hours just to see what, uh, you know, just to get a bit of a feel of the uh, state of our world right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've got wildfires running through Greece and we really need to pray for this situation in Greece right now. 75 people have died already. And uh, these fires are just completely out of control. Oh, we, okay. we, we probably should be sending some uh, Australians over there because yeah, absolutely. This, is our, this is our space, um, fighting fires. This is our area of expertise. And probably not so much theirs. We don't hear about fires in Greece on a regular uh, occasions. No, not at all. It's <coughs> the first I've ever heard about it. Japan just hit an all-time record high temperature of 41.1 degrees, highest on record since records have been kept, uh, with records also being broken in Scandinavia and England for heat um, and causing dozens of deaths in Japan alone. Um, while in other parts of Japan, 220 people have been killed as a result of flooding. Oh, my. Um, wild storms, of course, lashing Western Australia and Victoria, um, bringing down a crane, of course, in uh, Victoria. In Laos, a dam has just collapsed after extreme flooding from extreme rains. Uh, you've got flooding in Vietnam has killed 40 people. Um, six killed in Philippine uh, rainstorms. A typhoon hitting Shanghai. Um, and you've got, uh, of course, Syrian forces have just reached the Golan Heights and Israel has just shot down a Syrian plane that has ventured into their airspace. And in the middle of all that, of course, you've got Donald Trump and Putin and all these guys, the US, Iran, Russia, North Korea, um, all nuclear powers, all flexing their muscles and uh, jostling backwards and forwards. What does that sound like to you? It sounds like you just described the end of the world. It does sound a bit like that, doesn't it? Yeah, like, hello, this is Armageddon. Yeah. And, and I think what we have here, really, and, and this is not, you know, if you, if you go through the, 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 the headlines on a normal day, this is pretty much the headlines. I didn't even go through the shooting headlines. I was going to do a list of, um, of all the shootings that took place just here in Australia. And then, of course, you've got Toronto and Canada. You've got the uh, Mormon Temple in the United States that, um, that have all been shot up. But there's been a bunch of shootings just right here in Australia. Oh, really? Yeah. And just in the last 24 hours. Um, and, you know, people involved in convictions and so forth. And, you know, just the, the stories just go on and on and on. Do you think that shootings will end up being like petty crime? You know how they don't always report on any petty crime? Do you think that there'll be so many shootings that at some point they only pick and choose like the worst ones, so to speak? I don't know. Murder has become petty crime. And really the only ones that are reported these days are, you know, the shooting ones. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but um, because there's just too much to report on. Unless it's, you know, some really ghastly thing that can make the headlines. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But we certainly are, you know, very conditioned to what is taking place in our world. Um, if we had headlines like this, you know, 30 years ago, people would be freaking out of their minds. Oh, absolutely. But we did not have these kinds of headlines 30 years ago because... You know, the Bible says that the signs of the times will be like growth pain, like sorry, not growth pains, birth pains. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that I know about birth pains 
from observation, (laughs) (laughs) you're looking at me very questioningly (laughs) questioningly there for a moment, is that when Jesus said the signs will be like birth pains, that means that all of the signs will be happening simultaneously. Wars and rumors of wars and famines and pestilences and earthquakes and disasters in various places, the Bible says. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you've got to have all of those happening simultaneously. Not only that, but you've got to have um, an increase in... A, a, a J curve, basically, on a on a graph, increase mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. ferocity um, and, and impact, and you've got to have that same J you know, because the the closer you get to birth with uh, birth pains or contractions, the more severe they become, and you've also got to have them happening closer and closer and closer and closer together. But like the illustration of the frog being boiled in the saucepan of water, we are all being boiled into um, yeah, just sort of sitting back and relaxing and having a big yawn and changing the channels on our TV and moving on with the night's movie and uh, not really thinking about it unless it's in our backyard. Mm-hmm. Not realizing that, yes, our world is definitely falling apart. Um, temperatures have ri- risen by one degree. The Arctic is the hottest it's ever been before. And of course, wherever you get these kind of uh, things happening, wild weather takes place. Combine that with El Nino, which is now hitting, which always brings warmer temperatures anyway. And we have a perfect storm for very, very warm, warm, warm temperatures coming up, and record-breaking warm temperatures. And what it illustrates is the kind of knife edge our world exists on. Mm, absolutely, our world is so finely tuned for life. Mm-hmm. You know, add a degree, take away a degree from world temperatures, and suddenly life becomes unbearable, and people are dying all over the place. Add or take away a couple of degrees, you know, move us just a little bit closer, a little bit further from the sun, and life becomes basically impossible. Mm-hmm. We live on a planet that is just perfectly designed for life. That's that's one one thing that I catch, you know, when I when I read the, you know these headlines right here, is uh, you know just how finely tuned our world really is to be able to support life. And if, you know, there's so many systems. I mean, our moon, for instance, which acts as a great pump you know it pumps the water around our world if the moon did not exist our oceans would be dead Mm -hmm. our climate would collapse simply because you would not have tides and you would not have ocean currents that would be moving the water around the world it would all stagnate and uh and 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 overheat and you know just the whole thing would fall apart you know if you had multiple moons like some of the other planets have it just wouldn't work if you had a bigger moon or a smaller moon, or you know, there are so many variables there that show that our world is created for life. It's definitely a testimony to um, design as well, and not yep. to accident. Oh, so many! Absolutely, there's no way they could all just be an accident. And of course, in the news, also they've just discovered a uh, a new dinosaur in uh, China. Oh, really? Which um, and and this is what I love. Every time they find a new dinosaur, they're like, "Oh, we're going to rewrite our." Um, uh, everything we know about dinosaurs or we're going to rewrite everything we know about this particular period or that particular period in uh, history. Why does, this, why does the discovery of a new dinosaur <laughs> require them to <laughs> because throw everything, everything they knew before? That's right. Well, every time they discover something new, they realize that what they've been teaching as fact with such great confidence for the last hundred years is actually wrong. Oh, really? 
Which tells me that you know when 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 scientists come through and say, okay, this is fact, it's like, yeah, okay, it's fact for this year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because you know, by the time my kids, my grandchildren get to school, mm-hmm. that's not going to be fact. Mm-hmm, that's you know, right. because a lot of things that I was taught as fact when I was in school, uh, my kids would laugh at me for like, oh, I can't believe you used to believe yeah, that. That's so true, actually. Yeah, it's like yeah, Donald Trump's arguments. alternative facts. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah. And, uh, and, and it also, you know, amazes me how much confidence we place in scientists when they have a degree after their name and they proclaim something with confidence. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. if, you've got, if you've got degrees and you sound smart and you say it with confidence, you can get away with a lot, particularly when you are dealing with very, very ancient history and long time periods. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, really, who's going to debate with you? Who's going to prove you wrong? It's a pity that Donald Trump wasn't around when Charles Darwin did his Origin of the Species because they could have called that book the Big Book of Alternative Facts. <laughs> they could have. That would have been a great name for they that book. <laughs> In other news, the uh, Pillar Baptists, uh, their pastor, has been deported from Australia for being a public nuisance, what? trespassing, and intent to commit an offence. He got deported? Yeah, it doesn't really sound like a deporting offence. Now, the Pillar Baptists, let me say this. These guys are nut jobs, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. Sorry, Mm -hmm. that's just the way I see it. They're they're unnecessarily um, obnoxious towards people of other faiths and particularly Muslims and protesting outside Muslims. We don't need to do that. Oh, okay, yeah. If you want to reach out to Muslims, don't go and protest outside the mosque. Lead them to Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, and that's where we can come together. We can come together on Jesus Christ. But um, but even still, public nuisance, trespass, and intent to commit a crime, that you, in, in other words, you haven't actually done anything, mm-hmm. seems to me to be very, very heavy-handed uh, to deport somebody over that. Um, of course, this guy was a New Zealand um, citizen, mm-hmm. been sent back to New Zealand. Oh. Well, I mean, I agree you that... Know, that I, I, like the, I, like, I like to think that in Australia we can have freedom of speech and expression like they have in the United States. Mm-hmm. I mean, I agree that that was maybe a bit too harsh, but then again, he was a bit of a nuisance, wasn't he? Oh, yeah, he? absolutely. Yeah. Not, not sympathising with that whatsoever. This is Carly Fletcher with Choose Life. Each new day, God gives you a choice to make, blessing or cursing, life or death. It's in your hands, the choice is yours to make, so what will you choose today? Therefore choose life That you and your descendants may live Will you love the Lord your God And obey His voice For God is your life And the length of your days So what will you choose? Will you choose life? for death blessing or cursing the choice is in your hands how will you choose to live 
Carly Thatcher with Choose Life here on Faith FM. And Mon, have you got another clue for us as we work our way through yes. today's quiz? What city am I? Ahimelech was a priest in this city. One eight hundred Faith FM. One eight hundred three two four eight four three. If you know the answer, give us a <laughs> and call. And part of the story revolves around by a man, re- revolves around a man by the name of Doeg. Doeg, that's a name Doeg. and a half. Yeah, that sure is. <laughs> okay, so I'm super excited today because we have, as a special guest interview, on the show, Tony Benjamin, who is the uh, director of um, Voice of the Martyrs. Tony, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me there. Now, Tony, just as we get started today, I just wanted to ask the question uh, for our listeners. You know, possibly um, a number of people are unfamiliar with Voice of the Martyrs. So what is Voice of the Martyrs? Okay, Voice of the Martyrs is an independent Christian organization that is a voice for those that are persecuted for their Christian faith around the world. And Voice of the Martyrs was started by uh, our pa- a, a pastor by the name of um, Richard Wormbrandt, who was a Romanian pastor, who was in prison for his faith for 14 years in oh, wow. communist Romania mm-hmm. uh, the years ago. And... Uh, Three of those years were actually in solitary confinement. Mm. So that's what uh, that's how Voice of the Martyrs was born, and it's based on the scriptures of Hebrews thirteen three, which says, "Remember those that are in chains, as if you are there with them." Mm. Mm. How long ago was how long ago was Voice of the Martyrs? How long ago did it come into into existence? Well, Voice of the Martyrs um, globally this year is fifty years old. Um, Australia is uh, celebrating its 50th year next year. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so the mission year was started in uh, the mission year in Australia was also started by Richard Wormbray, and our co-founder was uh, a gentleman by the name of Merv Knight. And um, yeah, so we've been established here for quite a while. And in how many parts of the world does Voice of the Martyrs operate? Voice of the Martyrs operates in uh, roughly fifty-seven countries around the world, and those countries are countries where people are persecuted because of the Christian faith. And um, yeah, so we function we function globally like that. And um, like I said, we aim to be a voice for those that are uh, experiencing those challenges. Sure. How exactly is it that you're a, a voice for those? Like, what does that actually entail? Do you you know how how do you be a voice for people who are imprisoned or or persecuted? Well, what we do is we um, we have five main aims in the mission that we have. We encourage entire Christians to fulfill the Great Commission in areas of the world where they are persecuted for their involvement in the gospel. Uh, we give relief to families um, of these martyrs. In many cases, the, 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 the pastors are persecuted or killed. We support the families. And we bring those stories out into the free world and make people aware of what's happening in these in these places where people are persecuted for their faith. Um, so we have a number of roles that we, that we play. Um, one of them is also to equip the Christians that are finding themselves being persecuted and um, give them the tools to even minister to their persecutors. Mm, mm, mm. That's very powerful. Now, um, when we when I think of martyrdom, you know, the first thing that comes to my mind, you know, Christian martyrdom, I'm, I'm typically thinking of, you know, the Inquisition during the Dark Ages, the Crusades or something like this. Um, mm-hmm. How big is persecution amongst Christian uh, of, of Christians today? How many people are actually giving their lives for Christ right now? Is this like just a, a few here and there, or is this actually a large thing? Well, it's actually, we find that in the Muslim world today, we're finding more and more Muslims coming to Christ, probably more than ever before. But let me give you some statistics. Since the time of Christ, roughly 70 million Christians have been marked for their faith. Okay? The scary statistic is that 35 million of that happened in the last century. So Christians are the most persecuted uh, faith in the world today. And 55 the million in the last... Of- wait, wait, wait. Let me come back to that. You're saying 55 million Christians have died for their faith in the last 100 years? 35. 35 million. Oh, 35. Sorry, 35 I, I misheard yes. that. So 35. That's okay. Yes. That's astounding. Yes. What what countries so are... When- yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Well, the countries. Sorry, I just put into your uh, question there. The countries that are finding that we're finding are the worst persecuted, I would say, in uh, based on sheer numbers, are countries like China um, and many others in Asia. Um, we find in places like Vietnam, uh, China, Indonesia, um, Iraq, Iran, Syria, all of the Muslim countries there. Uh, we find in places like India, um, North Africa, places like Cameroon, Egypt. And so on. So it's 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 very widespread, and it's an ever increasing problem for us. Now, when, when you're talking about uh, you know Christian martyrs and, and Christian martyrdom and so forth, what kinds of Christians are being persecuted the most, or is it just well, sort of across of, the board? Well, it's across the board. Voice of the martyrs is non-denominational, so we don't discriminate you know across any denomination at all. 
but we're finding that it's it's widespread. They don't when when uh, somebody gets persecuted, they're not really asking you what your denomination is. It's the fact that you you have a Bible or you're following the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is enough for them to come against you and try to restrict whatever activity you're doing with your faith. Mm-hmm. Now, with um, um, Voice of the Martyrs, obviously, you know, religious liberty is such a, uh, a critical part of what you stand for. Just out of curiosity, do you do you um, you know uh, work towards lobby whatever it is for religious liberty in, in in countries like Australia and so forth, where um, you know we don't really have a framework for re- a legal framework for it, but you know it's assumed. Yeah. Um, do you do religious liberty work as well in uh, in Western countries? We don't do it um, independently. The organization as a whole, we do have a voice out there. Some countries do it better than others. Um, in Australia, it, well, it's not such a big thing that gets done. Sure. And I think, you know, when you look at current events that are happening in places like Australia and many others, I think we are on dangerous ground when we don't really stand up and take a stand for our faith. Yeah. Because it seems as though our value system has been eroded gradually by the fact that we're sitting idly by and not standing up for what we believe uh, yeah. we should be standing up for, which is our Christian values. Sure, sure. Now, with Voice of the Martyrs, obviously we're thinking of uh, martyrdom. Do you um, also look at uh, persecution in general as well? We look at persecution for your faith. That's mm-hmm. what we look at. And so what, what, how would we, you define that? Is that is that somebody uh, is, is you know would I would I class as persecution if uh, say for instance I lose my job for my faith let's say that you know I decide as a Seventh Day Adventist you know, I'm not going to work on 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 the on the on the Sabbath on the Saturday and so I lose my job is that would that be classed as persecution or um, or are you looking at much more severe kind of issues than that I think you're looking at much more severe we're talking about and some some examples of people that cannot have. Or, or have a Bible college or a Bible school that that, that preaches or, te- uh, or teaches the true gospel and has to be, um, for them to function, they have to comply with an official church which government legislates, mm-hmm. which is a watered-down, convoluted version of the gospel. Sure. That's the level of persecution. So when these guys operate and function with the true gospel, uh, they, are, they are prevented from functioning and they, they're arrested, they either disappear completely, they're arrested or they kill, or they're put in prison. Yeah. And um, we have many, many, many examples of those. We have um, the fastest growing churches in places like China are the underground churches, and they're house churches, which takes you back to the way it was in the Book of Acts, because it's uh, safer to function as a house church. 20 or 30 people, no more than that, and they, they, they scattered all over China. Sure. Uh, for example, in Vietnam, we're finding that uh, the government is legislating the movement of pastors uh, between villages and between towns so they can restrict the growth of the gospel. Uh, we find in places like uh, Myanmar and Burma, um, Christians are being um, stopped by the government and by the Buddhists from practicing their faith freely. We find in places like India, where radical Hindus want India for Hindus. So Christians are having a tough time just 
being able to live and exist and practice their faith. Sure, sure. So there are many, many, many examples I can give you like that. Yeah. You mentioned uh, you mentioned Buddhists there, and of course, Buddhism in Australia is seen as a religion of peace. Um, is your experience with Voice of the Martyrs different from that? Yes, it is. It's not always the case, and it's the same with uh, the Hindu faith and all of these sorts of things. It depends on which part of the world you're operating in and you see it function. Mm-hmm. There are many sects that are within this um, faith and not all of them practice the same, um, you know, uh, have the same dialogue uh, to their faith. So we're finding that these things crop up all of the time. And in a place like India, for example, they profess religious freedom, but the reality is vastly different. Sure. And we find that in places, and I've lived in Vietnam for a few years, and as an expat, you can function fairly freely if you go to a legal church, which is one that the government sanctions. <laughs> Don't step over the mark because you'll find yourself in trouble. And yep. that's what happens with, with the locals too. Now, I understand that you just recently returned from a trip to Asia. Can you tell us uh, what you experienced on your most recent trip? Yes, yes. I went to Korea and was fortunate enough to meet with uh, many of the uh, North Korean defectors. And uh, the story that and we, we met with them at a secret government facility, which I can't say too much about, mm-hmm. but it's where the government gets them after they've defected and uh, they get reprogrammed. Now, many of these North Koreans that come over have got no concept of Western culture whatsoever. Some of them have never used the proper toilet, for example. So the South Korean government gets them into a routine of trying to educate them about these things. So we were, we were blessed to be able to have face-to-face, one-on-one contact and have a two-hour conversation with these guys. And the stories that came out of North Korea were quite harrowing. For mm-hmm. example, an average teacher working in Pyongyang, would earn $3 a month. But a one kilogram bag of rice there costs $16. Oh, And there's no, guarantee wow. that, there's no guarantee that the quality of the rice actually makes it edible. Um, if, you, if you're out of Pyongyang, you do not pay for any work that you do. You get an allocation of food. If you're a pensioner that cannot work, you do not get any food. Those are just some examples. Um, it's it's very very tough. So what's um, what, what, there's a sorry, keep going. There's a black market that exists there for moving money in and out. Um, so people in South Korea that have got family there try to get funds in just to help their family as you would. And uh, for example, there's like a thirty percent charge on the money that they that these poor people are getting in there. Um, if you want to get smuggled out of North Korea today through a black market, uh, it's going to cost you 13000 US dollars to do that. And there's no guarantee you're going to get out. Yeah. So people are desperate to get out. One of them, firstly, for the fact that they, they're Christians. Secondly, for the fact that they're starving. And in the 50s, before the Kim Jongs took over North Korea, Pyongyang was actually called the Jerusalem of the East. Yep. Wow, wow. So there were many Christians that existed there, but many of them were mercilessly murdered. So the older North Koreans that come out remember a time when they could practice their faith freely. And anyone caught doing that nowadays 
would just be killed or, 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 or sent to labor camps. So what is the status of Christianity in Vietnam now? I guess it would be very hard to actually put a figure on how many Christians are there. In, in Vietnam or in North Korea? Sorry, sorry, North Korea. What am I saying? Yeah, North Korea. They, they estimate there to be about 100,000 uh, Christians in North Korea. But people don't talk about it. I mean, when somebody tries to um, escape or to defect, their own family can't even be told because they have a weekly session in the neighbourhoods um, with the government and neighbours are encouraged to tell on each other. So if they tell on each other, they actually get a reward. So everything has to be kept very, very quiet and very, very secret. So we estimate there to be about 100,000. It could be more. Yeah, yeah. But people don't talk about it, and they don't talk about it freely at all. Yeah. yeah. What are some ways that um, Lyle and I and people listening can actually uh, help and get involved with Voice of the Martyrs just in the last minute that we have? You know, we, we're on a drive to create awareness and by speaking about it, uh, sharing some of the stories, um, this type of chat we're having today, that is a great way for us to create awareness for the plight of these people out there. Um, we're a not-for-profit organization, so we rely on donations. The more we get in, the more work we can do out there. So that is one, one, one of many ways that you can get involved. And uh, how, do we, how do we get in contact with you? You can get in contact with us through our website, which is www.bom.com.au. Um, you'll get all that details on there. There are ways you can get involved. The website is very informative, and it also tells you how to contact us. Well, we're going to put that up on our social media, and uh, we uh, thank you so much for joining us today, Tony, that uh, you've given us some, some very, very serious things to think about. And thank you for highlighting the plight of uh, martyrs and persecuted people around the world. Thank you very much for this opportunity. I really appreciate it. Thank you. God sent his son. They called him Jesus. He came to love, heal and forgive. He lived and died to buy my pardon. An empty grave is there to prove my Savior lives. Because He lives, I can face tomorrow. Because He lives, all fear is gone. Because
Lyle, what's with the cake? We're having a birthday party, Mon. Oh, we are? Who's it for? I mean, there's only ten candles. For the station, Mon. Faith FM is ten years old. No way. Can I invite my friends? Invite them all. Just RSVP on the Facebook event or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM for more info. That's 1-800-324-843. We'll see you there. Abide with me, fast falls the eventide The darkness deepens, Lord, with me abide When other helpers fail and comforts fail Help of the helpless, oh, abide with me Swift to its close ebbs out life's little day Earth's joys grow dim, its glories pass away Change and decay and all around I see Oh thou who changes not, abide with me I need thy presence every passing hour What but thy grace can foil the tempter's power Who like thyself my guidance they can be Through cloud and sunshine, go abide with me Faith FM, positively different radio.